beautiful. Thank you for joining me again for another story time as I read to you or actually just kind of talk with you as you're possibly starting your day, your morning. Again, if it's driving along or on the subway, maybe you're cooking, who knows, but I'm glad you're here listening with me today. Um, Today's story is actually about a wonderful lady named Sarah. Sarah spent 24 years with her husband. She has one adult child. And in this particular juncture of this story, she was just beginning to plan out her retirement years with her husband, Harold. When one day, the rug just completely gets pulled from up under her. Her entire world gets turned upside down when Harold comes to her and says, I'm not happy anymore. You don't make me happy anymore. I'm leaving. And so he did. Just like that. There was no heated argument between Harold and Sarah. They they weren't having any real, quote, issues. Um, there was no illicit secret affair. He was just not happy. And it was in this moment in time that Sarah and I's path had crossed. Now, in this point, Sarah was highly confused and lost. She had been a good wife, a good mother, a devout Christian in her church attendance. She didn't understand, quote, how God could let this happen. That's my personal pet peeve, by the way. I hate when I hear people say that. How could God let this happen? Like, really, really? Just just walk with me for a second. If you're one of those people, just, just walk with me for a second. Why? This is my pet peeve. Because this episode on Sarah, we're going to talk about religion versus relationship. Because Sarah was highly religious, um, brought up Catholic, grew up Christian, kind of an intermix of the two. And she didn't quite understand what was happening right now in her life. Sarah and I had actually met almost a year prior to this juncture. Um, She was in another study group when, you know, initially she started to feel a little bit of distance in her marriage, but she didn't really feel like the need to go into a deeper walk in her faith until this crisis hit. She loved, loves Harold. But as we soon discovered, as we had our conversation, she really loved the idea of Harold. She loved the idea of husband, family, church, holidays, special family occasions, vacations, like the whole package, all of it. This was her life, 24 years built on all of these things. And all of it was gone. Once Harold was gone, she would cry. What am I going to do? What am I going to do, Sharanka? She was devastated and rightfully so. I, I understand. I get it. She spent countless of restless nights in depression and even thoughts of suicide permeated Sarah's being. She just didn't know how to live on life without Harold. Harold was her life. She vacillated between anger 
How dare he leave me after all these years? I want a divorce. I don't even know why I'm even crying over this man. He wasn't even a good man to begin with. <laughs> to sadness. And she'd be crying. And I want my marriage. And I love him. And I miss him. And I need him. She'd go back and forth, back and forth. She did this so often that I finally had to just tell her to her straight, tell her the truth of this back and forth. Let me read you some things here because uh, in these stories, you're always going to get scripture. Eventually, I told her that if she kept being double-minded, she will never be able to be free to move forward. Whatever moving forward looked like, she would always be going back and forth, back and forth. As a matter of fact, it's where I introduced her to James. Let me let me go there really quickly. I'm going to pull this up in my own Bible here. James 1. And if you have a Bible, why don't you pull yours out with me too? <laughs> or you can keep listening along if you're driving because I don't want you to get into a car accident. James 1. Um, I'm going to start with verse 6. Verse 6 says, if you lack wisdom to... Oh, by the way, I'm reading the Amplified Version. Um, he's, he's saying, ask for wisdom, ask it for wisdom and faith. Um, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. And this is James 1 verse 6, but he must ask in faith without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. For such a person ought not to think or expect that he or she will receive anything at all from the Lord, being a double-minded man or woman, unstable and restless in all of her ways, in everything she thinks, feels, or decides. So finally, I just said to Sarah, what exactly is it that you want? First, You've got to make a decision, my friend. <laughs> what do you want? You can't keep going back and forth, back and forth. And and finally, she, she landed on, I want my marriage. I, I, I want Harold and I want to be married. And said, okay, well, if you're going to want these things and believe God for these things and pray for your marriage and everything in between, let me take you to another scripture. This is found in Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. So it was this scripture and a few more scriptures I kept giving her on, you know, believing and having faith and trusting God. All of these scriptures, they kept tripping her up. You see, Sarah, she went to church. She had faith in God. And, you know, she was a very religious woman. So why was this happening? She didn't get it. If, if you can see yourself in Sarah's story you might see yourself asking these same questions. 
But here's where we began to un unpack a few things. Number one, this is what I, I had to make clear for her. And, and if you find yourself here, I'll make it clear for you. There's more happening in this story than the characters of Sarah, Harold, and God. <laughs> As a matter of fact, in this story and the story of our lives, there's Sarah, there's Harold, God, the devil, the world, and the flesh. And, you know, for those who might have not know Christianese, <laughs> Christian vocabulary of the flesh, when you ever you hear me say the flesh, the flesh is being defined as our human nature, human desires, our lust, the things that are in the in the heart of man that can sometimes deceive us, but our human nature, the flesh. And by the way, neither God or the devil has control over your flesh over your human nature, but both can influence them. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that you can be influenced by God just as much as you can be influenced by the devil. And you can be influenced by the devil just as much as you can by God, but you can't be controlled by either of them. Here's a side note. A lot of people might not realize that there's two things God cannot do. There might be more than two. And if they are, please direct message me and let me know. But there's two that I know for sure. Two things God cannot do. He cannot lie and he cannot override man's will. He gave us the gift of our own free will many, many years ago. And once he gave it, he did not take it back. So saying that to say, another thing that I had to unpack with my dear sister, Sarah, is that Jesus did not come on this earth, die and resurrect for a religion, but a relationship. And as I said before, she was a very religious woman, but that's not what we're here for. Now, what's the difference? You might be asking, well, I don't know. And for me personally, anyone says, Shrunk, are you religious? You know, I was like, no, I don't. I'm not, I'm not religious. I have a relationship. Well, what, what is that? Let's go to some practical steps, shall we? Let's, let's go to the dictionary because this is what I, I, I love about just breaking down the simplicity of it all. I looked up the, you Google it, dictionary, whatever you want, religion. This is what I came and found. Religion, a personal set or institute, or sorry, institutionalized system. Ooh, that's good. Hold on. A personal set or inst institutionalized system of religious attitudes, belief, and practices, usually involving devotional and ritual observances, and often containing a moral code governing the conduct of human affairs. Another definition, the body of persons adhering to a particular set of beliefs and practice. A set of rules and traditions set by men practiced in devotion, having a strong belief in God. I, I found that last one funny when when I when I read having a strong belief in God, because if that's the true definition of is of that account, having a strong belief in God, then Satan is religious. <laughs> It says in James 2, 19, that even the demons believe in God and tremble. <laughs> Having a belief in God. Okay, if that makes you religious, then there's quite a few people who are religious. But let's take a, let's take a, 
a definition look at relationship. Relationship, the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected. The state of being connected. Another uh, text definition says, the state of being connected by blood or marriage. Oh, I love this. I love this so much because it is by Jesus' blood and his vow, uh, his, his mark or his promise of marriage. And by the way, if you're like, what's his mark? What's his promise of marriage? It's the Holy Spirit. When we're to be his bride one day, not yet, but it's coming. It's coming. We have our engagement ring on. That's that's the Holy Spirit. But it's by his blood and this promise that establishes our relationship with him. So if I break it down a little bit more, religion on one hand is cold, boring, tedious, habitual, somewhat obligatory. Relationship is warm, spontaneous, genuine, sincere, if you will. And the thing is, is that relationship is repeated over and over again in the Bible, but cannot be heard through religious ears. Some of us have experienced bad religion. And some people have actually been abused by bad religion. And, you know, the thing that sucks is that, you know, someone has a bad religion, then all religions get a bad rap, <laughs> including Christianity. So let me bring this back with Sarah, because Sarah, you know, she she believed that if she followed all of the, quote, rules, then she would and should have a good life. Re religion will always come short. It will, it will always have a farce of something that just isn't real. But relationship with the almighty God brings fulfillment. Like that, which is described in my segment of Michelle. If, if you go back, I, I did an episode on Michelle and being single. And, and I read these wonderful Psalms of what a relationship with the Lord feels like and should be like and breathes like. So Sarah and I, we started off this walk together, learning relationship with the Lord Jesus, a real person. And at the same time, undoing the ties, sometimes knots even, of religion. And, and this is why I, I love this story, because I find so many people tied in this religion, trying to figure out, like, what, what is this? Let's, let's go a little bit deeper, because relationship, it's very much like cultivating the growth of a tree, for example. Um, and like any strong, tall tree, it even knows that it takes time. <laughs> I mean, some of the strongest trees out there in the world have been there for hundreds of years. The longer they stand, the taller and stronger they are. It takes time. And every well-cultivated tree brings forth fruit. A relationship with the person of Jesus is 
is essentially with the spirit of Jesus. The spirit of Jesus is here on this earth. Now, as Christians, if, if you are a Christian, you know this. If you're not a Christian, I will I would love to introduce you to understanding that Jesus' physical body, Jesus is one of three, is one of the three of a trinity. You have the trinity is a triune God all in one. Yeah, pretty mind-blowing concept. It, don't even try and figure it out. But I, I, I guess, okay, you know what? The best example I could give of what a triune God is, the Father, the the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father God, Abba God, the the Son God, Jesus, and, and the Holy Spirit, all being three different entities, but all being three in one. My favorite example I like to give, it might fall a little short, but it's the closest to the human mind, is the chemical component of H2O. H2O is H2O is H2O. It, it is what it is. But depending on its element, you know, it, it can in its original fluidness be water, right? But if you present certain temperatures to H2O at a certain temperature, that H2O component can solidify and become ice. Ice is used for different things. Ice is a different component. And then at another temperature, it can, you know, be interpreted and become steam or vapor, if you will. Also used completely different and different forms, but all still the same. And that's our Trinity, our God. And so when Jesus, the son, he was a physical man, is a physical man who actually died on this planet for you and for I and for a whole other teaching I'll go into, but ultimately for relationship and then was physically, physically resurrected in heaven as a man where he is right now and acting as a priest for all of us until that one final day we can get into later that will be with him again. But when he physically left, he said he had to leave, but he would allow his spirit to come on this planet in exchange for him leaving. So without him leaving his spirit, the Holy Spirit couldn't be here on earth with us now. And, and because he's resurrected his physical body and him as son is in the heavens, the Holy Spirit is here with us on earth inside of each and every believer of Jesus Christ. Again, I say he lives inside of every believer of Jesus Christ. And so it's the Holy Spirit that we need to cultivate this relationship with. And with the person, the spirit of Jesus, as we cultivate this relationship, we too will bring forth fruit, just like a tree, just like a tree. Let me go with you to, again, where all of this is played out in Galatians 5. I'm, I'm always going to give you the word of God because ultimately I would hate for you to listen to these great stories and be like, oh, that's a cool opinion. It's not my opinion. It's the truth of God's word. So let's go to God's word. Um, Galatians 5, uh, if you kind of walk with me to verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the spirit and I'm again reading out of the Amplified Bible, the Amplified Version. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us is love. Uh, love being defined as an unselfish concern for others. I love that definition. Joy, 
and inner peace. That's number three. Four is patience. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. That's the definition that the Bible gives patience to be. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting type of patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And in some Bible translations, faithfulness is also um, read as long-suffering. Faithfulness, long-suffering. Gentleness and self-control. So there's nine fruits of the spirit that relationship will cultivate in your life. And I, I keep leaning into relationship because I'm sure you have, most of us have ever seen a Christian who's unforgiving, bitter, and prideful right? Or, or that person says they're a Christian and they're bitter on for just the most cantankerous person in the world with their Bible in their hand. Like what? <laughs> That's the type of quote Christian that turns us away from most Christians or Christianity itself. But that my friends is religion, not relationship. That's the difference. We're not to judge, but the word of God also tells us to judge one by their fruit. To judge one by their fruit. So with my friend and my sister in Christ, Sarah, where is she now? We've, we've been walking out these uh, last few years and her still praying and believing for her marriage. But during this walk, she's also realized that she would be gripped by fear. And when I would ask her, what are you afraid of? Are you, are you really afraid of divorce? Are you really afraid that your marriage will end? And as we started walking more, she started to realize that she was really afraid of being alone. But when you have relationship with Jesus, you realize that you aren't alone. She also started to unpack and discover that her real anger, her real sadness, it came from the root of it came from being rejected by Harold and the fear of rejection dissipates when we're in relationship with one who always will accept us and love us. If you find yourself in a state of fear, of rejection, fear, of loneliness, it cannot be found anywhere else. I mean, sure, yeah, you can have some great relationships in the world. You can have a great mom or dad or, you know, son, brother, cousin, best friend who will accept you, who will love you. But even the best of relationships falter, fumble, fail. But the relationship with the Lord Jesus never fails, never fails. So Sarah right now actually is still waiting. She's still waiting for reconciliation in her marriage, but now she's cultivated a relationship with the Holy Spirit that brings forth peaceful nights, no more of the restless nights and the depression because she has joy-filled days. She's still cultivating patience, cultivating 
long-suffering and faithfulness, what that means to be faithful. And and here's the thing. It, it's not as though she's being faithful because, quote, God told her to stay in her marriage. No, she chose to. You know, by every biblical account, the, the man has probably, I don't know, gone off, had another affair. And by the law of Moses, she could have a certificate of divorce. There's, you know, she's not faulted by that if she has divorce. If you found, find yourself being divorced, the Lord God still loves you. But whether you're divorced or you're trying to stay in a marriage or you're believing God for your marriage, whatever state you find yourself in, do you find yourself still entrapped in fear, pain, anger, depression, that only a relationship, not religion, only a relationship with the Lord God can free you from? Now, here's the thing. I've met some religious people, good people, good people. Religion is what I say. It makes a mask out of fruit. It's hypocritical because I see religion. When I say mask, you know, we do it all the time. We're like sad, but we put a mask on of happiness, you know? And so there are religious people who do really good things in the world, who, who look as though they're very patient or have a mask of being kind, right? That's what religion does. Relationship, it's not a mask. It's actually causes this fruit to be genuine and sincere. So how can one know if they're in a religion versus a relationship? Well, the answer is only truly shown in crisis, or as Matthew tells us in chapter seven, Matthew seven, when a storm comes. Let me read you one more scripture before we head out. Let's go to Matthew. I'm going to go to Matthew 7. And I'm going to start at verse 24. And this is actually Jesus' words speaking. He says, So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man, a far-sighted, practical, and sensible man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods and torrents came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish, stupid man who built his house on the sand, and the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great and complete was its fall. Wow. Wow. So I'm going to go back for a second because he says, and by the way, that was Matthew 7 verses 24 through 27. And when I go back to verse 24, it says, so everyone who hears these words of mind and acts on them. Sometimes you have to slow down when you read the word, take it word for word and really chew on what it's saying. Why would anyone first hear Jesus' words? How do you hear 
Jesus' words, and why would you act on them? How do you hear Jesus' words, and why would you act on them? Both the how and the why comes out of relationship. When I have a relationship with you, I know your voice. I can hear you. When I have a relationship with you, I sit across from you and I listen. I put my phone down. I don't have any distractions. My body language is turned towards you and I'm listening. And when I have a relationship with you, I don't act or do something because I have to. I act and do it because I want to, because I love you and I want to do these things. And so he tells me when I hear his words and I act upon them, I will be the wise one who builds my house on a rock, the rock of Jesus Christ. That's how you can tell. So if you got a religion working for you, it's all good until that storm comes. And then you'll really know, is my house about to sink or will it stand? Because the fruit of the spirit of the relationship I have with Jesus Christ has been cultivated in my life. So I pray for you, my dear sister and brother, if you happen to be listening to this and are a man, but I pray that you will discover a relationship with Jesus Christ if you haven't already. And if you have, continue in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and that he may place a smile on your heart and remind you just how beautiful you are. Thank you.